Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, people remember the busted forecast, the snowstorm that went south, something like that. We're not perfect, but by George, the distance we've come. It's a fascinating era in meteorology. Forecast accuracy has never been better. Today, February 28th, 2024, marks Tom Skilling's final day on Chicago's Channel 9, wrapping up 45 years at the station and a career in broadcast meteorology that spans six decades over the radio, on television, and in print. From winter's worst. We had an ice storm in the mid-70s that at one point had 600,000 without electricity. So this accumulated ice brought down trees, broadcast towers. To the wonders of the cosmos. There's no other way to describe witnessing a total solar eclipse than almost religious experience. And along the way, how Tom's influence and reach expanded across the country and beyond. I remember one day I got this uh, phone call, you know, WGN is going to become what's called a superstation. I had no idea what a superstation was. We knew nothing about that in the rest of the industry. I'm Jim Hankey, and today it's part two of WBBM's sit-down with the city's favorite meteorologist, Tom Skilling. Let's get looped in, Chicago. As a reminder, the first half of WBBM morning anchor Cisco Cotto's interview with Tom can be found however you're listening to Looped in Chicago right now. We aired that section last week, where Tom covers his early interest in weather and how he originally got tapped to join Channel 9. But for now, here's part two of the conversation. As I watch you, uh, like like all uh, TV meteorologists now, you, you have all these latest graphics, and I mean, it's just yeah. incredible. Uh, in August of 78, when you're at WGN for the first time, obviously you don't have that. We were on at 10 o'clock at night up against the network owners who had huge lead-ins in those days. Um, so we were competing with some pretty powerful competitors. Um, we then ventured into the 9 o'clock news arena, and the common wisdom in that era was 9 o'clock news won't work. People watch their news at 10 o'clock. 
But I think what happened is, in many families, uh, both the husband and wife went to work, and therefore people were going to bed earlier. And the idea of having an earlier newscast was something that had uh, great appeal. And our 9 o'clock show took off. And uh, it was amazing. Then we went on the satellite uh, as an independent station, and that was interesting. Where you're all around the country. Then. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember one day I got this uh, phone call. I just started. And John Coleman, when, when we were discussing whether I should uh, even make the attempt to uh, take the job at WGN, John said, you know, WGN is going to become what's called a superstation. We knew nothing about that in the rest of the industry, but John had studied all this. He was in the process of putting the Weather Channel together quietly. And we would talk about that over our dinners. Uh, but um, it, 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 I had no idea what a superstition was. I was soon to learn. <laughs> I remember they put us on the satellite, and uh, I got this call one day. This guy calls up, and he goes, dude, dude, from, I'm from San Diego. He said, I, uh, I surf out here. And he said, your graphics. He said, your graphics are just amazing. He says, your noon show is on at 9 o'clock in the morning, so I want your graphics so I know whether or not to, uh, you know, what the surf might be like. And I remember thinking, well, that's an interesting application because we weren't programming toward West Coast weather. But I'd show maps, um, you know, uh, of, of the whole country, and you could infer if you, you knew what to look for in a weather map what was going on. And so that was. Did that, you make a change there in the in, in the the show? You started, hey, San Diego, you can get yeah. the water today. It'll be just so you know. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it's it's funny, Cisco, because we we never programmed other than for Chicago. But I would get uh, letters from South Texas. They said, "Wow, it was fun watching a show that mentioned accumulating snow." They said, "We don't get that down here, you know," and we we wondered what. What that was, so there were people who uh, not only Chicago transplants around the country, but people um, who would watch us just to see what was going on and that was different from the weather in their areas. Yeah, the superstation changed everything. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about you're talking about uh, uh, weather events, accumulated snow. uh, You're talking about tsunamis. Do you have one or two from your time? I don't know if you can narrow it down like that because you've had so many different weather events that really stick out in your mind. Yeah. Uh, blizzards, tornadoes. Oh. Uh, you know, there's been so many. I've got so many of them. I, as a kid, I remember Hurricane Donna when I was living out in uh, New Jersey. Uh, when I worked in Milwaukee, we had an ice storm in the mid 70s that at one point had 600,000 without electricity in Wisconsin. It rained four inches into a 27-degree atmosphere, and then 60-mile-an-hour winds hit. So this accumulated ice brought down trees, broadcast towers. You could step out on your porch that night with the wind roaring and watch the sky lighting up as transformers blew up. Um, uh, That was an amazing thing. Uh, I'd never seen anything like that Um, in our area. The Jane Byrne, Michael Bolandic blizzard. I mean, my first year here was 78, 79. That's the biggest snow year in our history. Our winters in Chicago collectively in the 1970s were the worst of any decade. uh, And we have records going back to the Chicago fire, 1871. So that was amazing. That year, we had our first blizzard on December 1st. And we had snowstorms every two weeks. And the Michael... Blanding Jane Byrne blizzard followed that. And of course, he was out saying, 
he was the machine candidate, and he was out saying, oh, you know, look at this. The city is working the way it always does, and we all knew, no, it isn't. We, we can't even drive on the side streets, and they cut uh, train service to the south side and all the rest, alienating our African-American community, and, uh, you know, it was awful. Um, so uh, no mayor, by the way, has ever taken snow removal lightly since then. No way. That's I, number one. Absolutely. Right? Get the streets clear. And, and another thing that was done, uh, you know, we put salt in the streets. And each of those 70s blizzards was followed by uh, sub-zero cold. So what you got is this clear ice that developed. The, tra- the heat of the traffic would melt the snow on the intersections, and then it would turn to a sheet of ice that salt wasn't addressing. So they added calcium chloride to the chemicals we put on the road so that we'd melt snow at a lower temperature. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, our streets and sand people do an amazing job uh, clearing the snow in difficult, difficult situations and keeping this city going. Um, 2011. Talk about that. 2011. Oh, you gosh. got you got cars parked for oh yeah overnight. 12 to 14 yeah. uh, 14 hours. Uh, and Why didn't you tell us that was coming, Tom? We did. <laughs> oh, I know. I you know. know what was amazing was the success at predicting that storm. We had a the weather service had an unusual blizzard watch out two days before that thing came in. I got a picture of that iconic. Chicago Tribune picture of Lakeshore Drive with the uh, cars uh, under six-foot drifts. There have been 70-mile-an-hour winds that had come in, and we had thunder and lightning with the snow. And the, the picture came from Louis Uccellini, who was then director of the Weather Service, and he just settled. There was a tagline under it. He said, what part of blizzard warning didn't people understand? You know, it was it was amazing. We told you it was coming. It, absolutely. That got complicated, though, didn't it? Was there something with a CTA bus absolutely. or something on the drive? The, the traffic got stopped on the drive. And absolutely. That's why they got stopped. An yeah. articulated bus jackknifed, and there was no way to get off the drive. They've since addressed that. And, and, and I talked to a woman. I said, how'd you get stuck out there? She was one of the people rescued by the our amazing fire department and police department who sent people out to pull these people out of their cars uh, in the middle of a 70-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, And I said, how was it that you were on the drive? She said, well, you know, we knew the storm was coming. We had heard the warnings, so we left work early. But we didn't expect a CTA-articulated bus to jackknife and stop the traffic flow, and therefore people were stuck. And you don't—you're not inclined to leave your car uh, in a snowdrift on Lakeshore Drive for fear somebody will steal it or whatever. Yeah, you're not just going to get up and walk away. Exactly. Yeah. So you yeah. stayed with it. And she said, "I stayed with it," and. Uh, then it got so bad that we were literally, uh, you know, trapped there. We we didn't know where to go. Uh, you could go into condo buildings along the uh, drive, and I'm sure some people did. But um, oh, that was something. Yeah. yeah. Talk about the uh, as someone who has loved the weather since you were a kid, has been fascinated by it. Talk about the emotion that goes along with some of these events. And, yeah. and I'm thinking specifically, I remember watching you, I think it was a live shot, huh. uh, 2017, you're in an eclipse oh, downstate. Yeah. Downstate, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're there, you're covering it. And and the emotion of the moment o- overwhelms you. you. You cry on the air. And 
not in uh, in in some sort of a weak way or something. This was a what we're seeing is extraordinary here. All these people gathered to see this event. The, the weather for you is not just science. There, no. there, there's much more to it than that. Oh, I was I was so embarrassed by that. I was on live television and day was turning to night at 12 noon. The stars came out. It's almost, there's no other way to describe uh, witnessing a total solar eclipse than a- almost religious experience. And, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> it even affects me now. Uh, I don't know. It, it was hard to describe that. I remember the New York Times had done a special section uh, written by a wonderful woman who talked about her reaction to the solar eclipse. She said she was surprised. She never expected this to be uh, the event it was and, and to affect her life so. Uh, I was out there, and this was all going on, and I was losing it. I thought, my God, I'm on live television. I've got to get myself together. But I didn't. <laughs> And it uh, turns out it, th- 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 we were in a little campground uh, 15 miles south of Carbondale. Thank God we went there because if we had been in the football stadium at SIU in Carbondale, there was a cloud that went over the sun as it was eclipsing, and you would have missed it. 15 miles south, we saw the whole thing. The campground was crammed. There were people, many of them from the Chicago area, had driven down to see it. And I found I wasn't the only one crying there. <laughs> It was something. You know, it was funny. We left the next morning to drive back to Chicago. I'd been so embarrassed by what I'd done. And uh, we walked into a McDonald's, and it was cramped because, you know, you wondered where everybody was. Well, they came out of the woodwork the next day to go back up where they came from. Yeah, they're all driving home. Yeah, and we had all the fast food places had these long lines waiting to get a, 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 you know, sausage McMuffin or whatever it was. And we walked into the McDonald's, and uh, uh, here they had five TV monitors, and one of them had the Today Show, and who's on there crying but me on the monitor? And I thought, oh, my God. You, it's early viral, Tom. <laughs> I know. You went viral before there oh was viral. Oh, my God. I thought, well, that's it. You know, it's kind of like when Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer used to do Tommy Skelling, and I thought, well, the career's all over. You know, it's, it's all over. And it turned out it was the best thing that ever happened because it interested introduced me to a whole demographic who never would have watched my show but I when I when people would confront me with that crying in the eclipse uh, I remember saying I apologizing for having been so unprofessional and, and they would say no no that was we we cried with you that's right. it was like human it's human that's and that's exactly where yeah. it's not just I'm the broadcaster who's here delivering yeah. what's going on. It's hey, we're we're all human beings experiencing this oh, yeah. together, and it it really, uh, it it brings out what's really going on there oh, instead of just the play by play. I'll tell you something. It was so hot down there. We had equipment that was malfunctioning. We came down with a satellite truck, and I was morbidly obese. This was before my gastric bypass surgery. Uh, and I was so embarrassed at the way I looked. I brought a sport coat because I knew I'd be perspiring, and I didn't want people to see me on live television uh, drenched in, in sweat. But then people would call and say, what's he got a sport coat on when the heat index is 115? And they were right. <laughs> but I was, I was uh, embarrassed at the way I looked. And uh, 
So uh, it was it, that was an interesting uh, experience. Well, talk uh, talk about that because the the weight loss was something you oh, were wow. transparent about. How, how much weight did you lose? If I may 125 ask, one hundred and twenty five pounds. One hundred and twenty five pounds. I was a wreck. My father had, had been in the same boat. Uh, his legs swole at night. He had gone diabetic. Uh, cholesterol was off the charts. CPAP at night to sleep. I had all that. And I thought, this is crazy. And my father had a stroke, was comatose for a year, uh, and lived, survived only two years beyond that. Never walked again, never ate. He was fed intravenously. And I realized I was headed in the same direction. And I worked with a trainer, and in doing that, I had damaged my a shoulder. And it was, I could have been on a treadmill for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and never lost the weight I lost through the gastric bypass operation, which I had done down at Northwestern. Dr. Hungness. I, I told Dr. Hungness, you've changed my life. How in heaven's name did you people in the medical profession ever figure out how to go in there? They stapled it. The, you know, there are different types of gastric bypass. I had what was called a RUNY procedure. And they stapled the top of your stomach and then divide your intestines. And so they cut down the process storage area and the processing area. And by God, it works. And I'm you know, I'm, I remember talking to my doctor at Northwestern and said, am I a candidate for this? And she said, yeah. I said, well, what do you know about it? Kathy Cheng, Dr. Cheng. And she said, well, I had one woman who weighed 350 pounds 10 years ago and underwent the surgery. She'd gone diabetic and all, all of her blood chemistry went, came back to normal. Uh, she shed the CPAP machine. The same thing happened with me. I'd, I'd gone diabetic. I'm now, all my blood chemistry is normal. I'd always had high cholesterol, no longer. And um, so, boy, if anybody's considering it, take it seriously. You have to go through six months of nutritional training, and they have a psychologist talk to you because your life is going to forever change. But it has been a life-altering experience. Now, you, you talking about that on TV, sharing your journey, part of it is... You help a lot of people by doing that because there's a lot of people. There's a stigma, and so many people don't want to consider it. But seeing you consider it, they, yeah. they, they, they're helped by that. And there's also this issue of you're on TV. So if you lose more than 100 pounds and you don't talk about it, everyone's going to be wondering I know. Well, what's going on with Tom. So you sort of have to talk about it. But at the same time, you end up helping a lot of people by being willing to talk about it. Well, you know, it. it was funny, Cisco. I would get letters from people saying, look, we don't mean to be offensive, but you're a heart attack ready to happen. Uh, we really are fearful for your, your health. And I, you knew it was right. You didn't like to hear that. But, I, uh, you know, I, I knew uh, that, you know, I, that was terrible. And, you know, it's funny. I remember sitting in a Dominic's parking lot back when we had Dominic's. I was shopping one uh, Saturday before I gained all this weight. And they were talking on the radio about uh, gastric bypass surgery and all the ancillary benefits, uh, like people suddenly finding diabetes goes away and all if they have that type 2 diabetes. And I, I listened to that, never ever expecting that I'd be a, somebody who did that. And people did write me and say, look, we're contemplating this surgery. We're a little scared about it. 
and you come out of it and you feel like you were hit by a train. Sure, uh, it was major restructuring. It is. Yeah. But you know they control that and uh, the the staff there was wonderful. It takes you a while to learn to eat again. The one thing I, I do find certain foods continue to hit me hard, but I don't care. If that's the guardrail it takes to keep the weight off and I'm 4 years beyond it and uh, so far so Yeah, you good. look great and and feel yeah. great and yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's marvelous. When we return, what Tom predicts for the future of meteorological technology. And during Tom's tenure at Channel 9, how social media spawned a legion of fellow weather warriors. Stay tuned. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Two more questions. You've been super generous with your time. Uh, well, I really, you've really been wonderful it. to come over. I folks don't realize this, but you're giving up your weekend because I, I have that nutty weekday schedule. So thank you for coming on a Saturday, no less, <laughs> and giving up your weekends, Cisco. Well, it's no, it's my pleasure. Tell us about that schedule. Well, I start at eight in the morning. Uh, I have four databases. I pull down, uh, you know, thirty different models and the most recent runs of all the models. Because I found that the best way to approach forecasting is to, these, these numerical models are amazing, but averaging across them gets you away from the most extreme and least likely to occur scenarios when you're looking at the weather that's going to evolve. And then I answer uh, uh, social media questions. I call through all the pictures. People send these amazing pictures. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Social media is introduced a number of ills in our society but they've also it's also done an amazing job we in the weather profession when uh, severe weather hits often the first indication we get of how badly it's hit are the responses we get and reports by way of social media and the pictures it's been stunning uh, and that's social media at its best. That's right. And so um, I spent a lot of time on social media. I also blog there and uh, put the things up. And I will go into work about 3.30, 4 o'clock and uh, 
I've sent ahead a, a whole bunch of uh, graphic material. We have standard graphics we prepare. So Bill Snyder, who works with me, my producer, has started on the graphics and uh, well along on them, and I jump into the and continue working on it. And then we work through the evening. I mean, after uh, 7 o'clock, we're looking again at more pictures for a fresh set. I try to put pictures on that are relevant to the current weather situation. We're not, we're not just putting pictures up to put pictures up. And I just because they're like, beautiful, right? Yeah. I, I mean, some of them are. But, I mean, I, I get incredible examples of uh, things that are catching people's eyes. You can tell what's of interest because you start getting a flurry of pictures and people saying, what is going on here with this cloud formation or something? And it does catch people's attention. So it's, it, it, it's a really wonderful tool for educating and, uh, and as well as illuminating what's going on in our own minds, uh, kind of a, a ground truth type situation. So there's hours and hours of work running the models and interacting with people online yeah. and, and getting things prepared. This isn't rip and read sort no. of thing where you, you just sort of slide in there. And by the way, you don't take a model at face value. Um, the model gives you a good idea what's going on. What what models have forced us to do is think very objectively. I remember when they first came out, there were some who thought, oh, this is going to put people out of business and all the rest. Uh, far from it. Uh, first of all, it, the models take you to a new level of accuracy, and then the human can always jump in and improve on it. And if I had a dime for every time I heard, boy, do I wish I had a job where I could be wrong every day and keep my work, you know, my job. <laughs> I told them, I, yeah, I tell folks, I, do you really think that's what goes on? If I were wrong every day, they'd usher me out the door so fast, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in the process saying what's going on as they were <laughs> sending me packing. Um, we can't be wrong every day, nor are we. That's, it's kind of, you know, people remember the busted forecast, the snowstorm that went south on you or something like that. The fact is, uh, forecast accuracy has never been better. This is a complex system that we're dealing with, this whole atmospheric system. And uh, we're not perfect. But uh, by George, the distance we've come. I mean, I can identify a cold wave and a heat wave a week ahead of time. I can even uh, see a storm system. While I can't tell you exactly where it's heavy snow or it's tornadoes maybe going to develop, I know there's the risk of it. So I can flag that for my viewers and say, look, you know, at a distance of five days, uh, seven days. So it's a fascinating era in meteorology. And I tell you where I think we're heading. You know, we have Doppler radar now that peers into thunderstorms and you can see tornadic circulations developing. Oh, if we had only had that uh, when the Plainfield tornado hit in 1990. Yeah. Dramatically uh, different. If so. Dramatically yeah. different. Yeah. We get a, an average 11 to 14 minutes lead time on tornadoes, an average. Uh, there's still some that can surprise you, but uh, a, a Plainfield isn't likely to happen again uh, with the current system. And what's going to happen is we're going to model down to a single storm uh, uh, scale. And we'll be able to anticipate where the Doppler detection of a rotation is occurring before it even starts occurring. And so one day we may put a tornado warning out uh, an hour ahead of time and say it's not there yet, but uh, this cell has the potential of doing that. And that's the goal, uh, to improve. Give people as much time as possible. Time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. In those situations, uh, you're, you're on TV, you're talking about a tornado, you're talking about an ice storm or a blizzard. Yeah. And 
the people who have been watching you for years, they're tuning into you. You know they're there. You know that they're looking for this information. And, and it could be life or death. Yeah. Talk about that aspect of the job. You're, you're not just out there telling people, hey, you may need an umbrella today. I mean, you may be the conduit in many situations for the information that might be life or death. They're, they're tuning into you for that. Yeah. It's got to be a little weight to that at times. Oh, it is. Uh, you don't, thank goodness, you don't have time to think about it. You're too busy analyzing what's going on. I'll tell you one thing, Cisco. I, I worry uh, about our severe weather coverage, and I mean the media in general. Um, uh, we've got to be careful the way we handle that. Uh, we have this discussion quite frequently where you're put at the top of the show because you got an inch of snow coming in January. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my retort to the producer is, why is this on the top of the show with all going on in the world? This is January in Chicago. This happens. But then you're told, well, the, you know, the rush hour, only an inch of snow will mess things up. I, I, I think we sometimes go overboard on all this. And, you know, it's gotten to the point now that stations are, you've got Stormwatch 5 and First Alert This. They're naming their whole meteorology department uh, after uh, their storm coverage. Yeah. And, you know, severe weather situations should be a promotional opportunity for the weather operation at a broadcast station. They, we're there to perform a public service, and that's to tell folks that a storm is coming in. And, I, you know, we've gotten to a state now where, you know, it's clear that people tune in for weather events because it, it, they're so all-encompassing and they affect so many people. But I think we must be prudent about the situations where we choose to lead a show with it or something like that. And I, um, I as I say, I have this discussion with producers quite frequently because the public is, you know, we in the media are being criticized rather roundly for our coverage. Uh, are we biased? Are we ratings hungry? Or stuff like that. And um, there's some there's some merit to that. I, I think we've got to be careful and we've got to be judicious in the situations that we choose to throw all of our resources toward covering. Having said that, you're right. I mean, there are those rare situations where people's lives are on the line. And if we can illuminate the risk that's at hand and flag a situation as being particularly dangerous, then we should do that. I, I often find it, when we talk a week ahead of time about a storm, they say, oh, there you go, you're hyping it. Uh, and, you know, and if it doesn't work out exactly as people have it worked out, they say, well, you've hyped it. No, we've flagged a situation that we know, based on past experience, may produce some uh, ill effects. And we want to be clear. Uh, if you're planning to travel, you've got an outdoor job that depends on the weather, this is a period to keep your eye on. We're not telling you the end of the world's coming. We are saying that, um, you know, this is a period that may cause some transportation problems and, and other issues. And... Uh, and I think that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and like you say, a public service. Yeah. That, that's what we're here for. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when we first started talking, I, I said, uh, I'm talking to Tom freaking Skilling, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you, so you're, you're the science guy. You have all this valuable data. You work so hard on this. That's, that, by and, the way, is a, a product of my colleague, Pat Thomas. Yes, I want that story. I yes. the, the bit was so great, and probably because... No one is expecting Tom Skilling to be this way. Thought they expect way. you just to be the weather yeah. guy. They don't expect you to, I'm sorry to say, they're not looking for humor. No. You know, they're looking for uh, mid-latitude cyclones. Absolutely. You know, that's what they're looking for. Well, I'll tell you, 
you know, you do these bits. We, we, this morning show we have is a phenomenon over at WGN. I mean, I, the group there has worked so hard uh, and putting it together. And one day, Pat Tomasulu comes into the weather office and says, Tom, um, would you work with me on a bit tomorrow? And I said, sure, Pat. I, you know, I'm a team player. I, uh, I, and I, I get such a kick out of the morning group and, and the success of that show. Uh, they're a phenomenon. And uh, so he said, well, I'll come in tomorrow with a script. So he comes in the next day, and the script says, I can have you killed, and, uh, and I'm supposed to refer to myself as Tom freaking Skilling. I, I said, you want to say I can have you killed? And what about this Tom freaking Skilling? He said, well, yeah. He said, that's what I want you to do. And uh, so I thought, well, all right, we'll do it. It seems harmless enough. And, uh, well, that caught on. And I, you know, you never know whether any of these things are how they'll be, uh, uh, you know, uh, hit the audience. But I am forever now Tom freaking Skilling because that was, in a, you know, the wonderful thing about working about with Tom Pat Tomasulo is he gives you the best lines. I mean, yes, he, he's really, the, he doesn't hog it. No, yeah, yeah. no, he he lets you. Oh, I'm not blam by my nature, the, the, the funniest guy in the world. Um, and uh, so, you know, I did that, and nobody is more surprised than me that this has lived on. The only thing I did on that, that contributed to that is I always wanted to do this. Uh, at the end, we, we closed that whole... T- it, Sam Zell had bought the station. Right, uh, right. And there were these signs they put up, you own the place, because apparently they used uh, our... Uh, uh, you know, uh, staff investment in our retirement funds or something. I don't understand all the finances <laughs> to buy it. Or, and, and at any rate, Thomas Sulo's piece was uh, was with regard to this notion that we own the place. So he, the the thrust of the thing was, all right, he owns the place. He's going to come in and tell Skilling, get out of here. You're no longer needed. And then I come back at him and say, you know who the heck are you? I mean, you don't even own your car, you know, and you're telling me you're going to fire me. <laughs> and so, you know, it was it was just crazy. And so at the end, he said, "Think of some way to get out of it." So I always wanted to say, you know, when people call and say, uh, it, you know, it, I don't want it to rain. I've got an outdoor activity and all the rest, and you always feel guilty telling him it's going to rain. So I. The end. I said, "Yeah, I'm taking a phone call. It's it's going to rain. What do you want me to do about it?" And I hung up. I often thought, you know, a format that would work would be something called hate weather, where you know you could get on the air and instead of this, uh, oh, we've got a beautiful sunny day, you could be an angry weather forecaster and say, you know, it's going to rain on you tomorrow. And I'll tell you, as far as I'm concerned, I could rain on you the rest of your life. And you know, and you know, it just, and you know, it's so out of character. But, you know, you think to yourself when you think of crazy ways, you you know, directions you could go, um, it would be so out of character. It would catch people's attention, you know. Well, you could do that now in retirement. Just uh, yeah. start your own YouTube channel and that's it. You could that's be the it. angry weather guy. Do, angry, yeah, the angry <laughs> weatherman. You know, hate weather. Uh, it's just, I you better trademark else. that. <laughs> tell you, the sad thing is it'll probably happen somewhere. Right. You know, I mean, we that's have right. shock, radio, shock jocks. We yeah. have, uh, you know, all this crazy division, political division in our country, and 
Uh, it, it's something. Let's hope that hate weather doesn't become part of the, the scene. But it, you, you, you muse about this just because it's so preposterous. It's you know? funny. It's funny. So, so what do you do now? I mean, you're not going to have to put in the long hours. Good question. What do you, what do you, what do you do? I mean, it's a total change in life. It's a work in progress. It really is. I, you know, and I've, I've been amazed at all the attention this has given, gotten. My word, I never expected all this and it in a way um all you can do is plunge forward i you know um i'd like to continue working in some capacity with uh, wgn that's been my broadcast home and and my friends and my colleagues are there um i just want to get off the day-to-day stuff so um you know the, the thoughts that have occurred i'd love to continue speaking on climate change i've been doing that with our uh, congressional reps uh, for years and groups like the League of Women Voters and all, I, I think this is an issue to be discussed. And I, I think there's a lot of misinformation about it out there. And people are scared of it because they see this as perhaps eliminating jobs and all, when in fact it may do just the opposite. But there are going to be dislocations brought about as we make our transition to um, you know renewables. So there are exciting things going on um, in this this arena. It doesn't it's sound not, like a rocking chair or or just a beach for Tom Skilling. No, no, there there are a lot of things. Well, thank you so much for being generous with your time. Thanks oh. for your career and uh, oh, I mean, just so many Chicagoans are grateful for you. Oh. That's why there's been all these celebrations because you, you've really meant a lot to a lot oh, of people. I'll tell so you. thank you, Cisco. I I should thank everybody. I have been blessed with an amazing audience. Uh, what an honor. So thanks. Fun Thanks. to talk to you, Cisco. Thanks so and much. You you do a dynamite job. I am so in awe of your work. That's great. <laughs> Fellow Aurora on top I of it. I love it. I know. Yeah, those suburbs can produce a few things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this episode was produced, written, and hosted by me, Jim Hankey, with recording by Cisco Cotto. Thanks as well to WGN and Nextstar Media Group for use of Tom Skilling broadcast audio. WBBM's news director is Craig Schwalb. And Myron Kaplan is our managing producer of national news podcasts. You can follow us on TikTok at WBBM News Radio 105.9, as well as on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at WBBM News Radio for visuals related to all of our episodes. Thank you for listening, and we'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.